With upsets happening over in the League of Legends world at their world championship, and as fans of esports, especially players in the Overwatch scene, there has been a minor discussion on Twitter about the nature of upsets and how certain groups perceive them and how this entire thing changes the discourse about it, how there's a negativist movement towards calling upsets flukes and whatever, and how there's a positivist uh, view on this specific issue. So I thought that would be an interesting situation to sort of use to talk about the topic. So let's quickly introduce the tweets that I saw that sort of brought this topic to my attention. And it is from Ajax and he says, it's always choked, sandbagging, etc. It could never possibly be a team that uh, that just rose to the occasion, played well, or I don't know, outplayed someone. It's almost like they are beatable. Okay, so first off, yes, this is a valid criticism to the point and it has to be seen in context of the actual situation. Now, let me try to unravel this in a, in a certain way where I come from a Bayesian point of view, Bayesian based on base theorem, a sort of probability uh, formula in which you can calibrate or how it is used in statistics, how you can calibrate certain probabilities of events. And that is also quite practical in everyday life as to make certain decisions. So let's map out the situation uh, a little bit here. So from the Bayesian mindset, every game is a certain percentile of win chance for every team. So for instance, let's, let's bring this up then. I last season participated in a, in a contest that was about these probabilistic chances. So for instance, if I was looking at those games here, and I hope you can see them, I'll zoom a, li a little bit on them. And yeah, I hope you can see them. They don't align with the window. That's the problem right now, but I will mention them anyway to the podcast listeners. You will see that I evaluated the chances of the New York Excelsior against the London Spitfire to be 60-40 in that particular game. At the time, London, I thought, was sandbagging. I was still thinking that they were the lesser team between the two. 60-40 seemed like a good chance, while Gladiators against Shanghai Dragons, I evaluated at 90-10%. That might even be a little bit high on for Shanghai, so maybe some people reasonably went to 5% win chance of them winning the entire best of series. I don't didn't predict the scores, that was not what it's about. And in general, Bayesian thinkers will think of these games in these percentages. So, okay, what goes into making these percentages? Well, one thing is your prior, and your prior is basically set by the available data you have and how you weight it. So certainly in that situation, Shanghai Dragons hadn't won a game at that time. That was in April, should have been stage three, I think, mid-stage three. They still hadn't won a game. Yes, they did get uh, a couple of new members, but it wasn't clicking quite well at that time. Obviously, Gladiators had gotten Fissure. It was in combination with the map pool, even though you couldn't really outline what the great maps were for Shanghai Dragons at the time. And 
it just based on the empirical evidence that we had from this time so all those games that were played at this time it must have been maybe let's say 22 or something for the Shanghai Dragons um, it looked to be obviously very much in favor for Gladiators and Noyak Excelsior's case they were sort of kind of struggling I don't know if I remember correctly I think they just had lost am I correct in this no, it's actually they that that was the second game of the uh, of stage three. They had won the first one against Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Here in my list, be that as it may, um, I evaluated New York Excelsior to have a 60% win chance. I think that is even a little bit low in terms of how other um, analysts predicted this. For instance, the winner of the eventual contest of the aggregate percentiles. So basically, who's the best Bayesian about Overwatch League? All the results was uh, Eden, who also writes for Winston's Lab and now the Benchmob. And he likely, if I remember correctly, had New York Excelsior winning this more favorably because he didn't have that prior, prior at the time or had it in his prior that London was as impressive um, as I thought they were and didn't also... Uh, anticipate there to be a matchup uh, bonus for London. I still had that in there. I don't know if at the time it's sort of hard to uh, think about it in hindsight. Now, let's talk about the Shanghai Dragons against Gladiators thing again. I think it's fairly certain to say that if Shanghai win Dragons wins that 5 to 10% win percentage, it is an upset win. I think most people would agree, or I think you're quite irrational if you don't agree that that would have been an upset win. And with that said, what does that upset actually make of your prior? Well, it very much depends on the game. So there are certain factors that could value into your new prior association where uh, or assemblage where you need to recalibrate the prior going into the next game. So... I set up three scenarios. One scenario is as such. The upset happens and the priors were correct because the overdog had a massive underperformance, but not for reasons that the underdog triggered in them. So one thing could certainly be there's obviously always a probabilistic chance that something social happens in the team, that someone has a sickness at the day. There's always a s small probabilistic chance of that happening. Hence why I would never go 100% on one team winning over the other. That would simply be irrational. 100% could never be the case, correct? So, um, but these small percentages then sort of don't necessarily have to trigger uh, the response of a prior reassemblage because the 10% you predicted Shanghai Dragons to win this actually come to pass. And maybe you can split it up in there's a 5% chance that Shanghai Dragons is overperforming or there's a 5% chance that Gladiators has a really bad day based on some sort of things and that is covered by your prior and you don't need to reassess anything it's a too small sample size against the other 20 games that happened before that because then the evidence of that one game is also has very little telling power in regard then again we found that every stage had once again a reset a soft reset on our priors 
I guess I could talk about this more. This is a patch issue, most definitely. Also an issue of having that break. Not sure if that's an issue. The mental reset in itself, certainly also value in my estimation. Now there's a second scenario. The prior was sketchy in the beginning. So your prior, the percentage you had in mind was on weak grounds in the first place. And this can very easily happen, for instance, at the start of Overwatch League where you don't know how new teams match up against each other. You don't have the empirical evidence. You maybe have preseason, but how much telling power has that really at that point, right? Um, and maybe the other teams they were playing against weren't easy to evaluate. So your entire empirical base is sort of dodgy and you, you can't really evaluate it. And in that case, if such an upset happens, it is increasingly likely that your prior was wrong in the first case and that would then cause a radical change in your prior, right? Now, third scenario, and I will do it in the German showing of three. Um, the priors were solid. The underdog overperformed by having shown that the potential the prior uh, having shown the potential and the prior then needs to be re-examined. Re so what do I mean by that? Okay, so you had the 5% of the 10% is Shanghai Dragons overperforming. But there's also a chance in there that Shanghai Dragons is a way better team than you previously thought. So now this is almost bordering on... So, so let's say Shanghai Dragons back-to-back -back wins against London Spitfire and New York Excelsior. This is almost bordering on cognitive dissonance for the person making the decision again, right? Because you had 20-something games lost by Shanghai Dragons and suddenly they would have won, for instance, against uh, New York Excelsior and London Spitfire. How does that work? Something radical has to change in your prior estimation. It's increasingly unlikely that both New York Excelsior and London Spitfire have a um, such a bad result back-to-back -back or bad performance that they could lose to the Shanghai Dragons. So maybe the Shanghai Dragons, and for instance in Stage 3, it could have been the case that it finally did click between these new groups. So then your prior would have to uh, be accordingly adjusted. And yes, this is the case that... Um, Ajax is talking about, and I think that is often underappreciated, that our prior was completely false about these teams, and we are actually undervaluing them, and they are legitimately outplaying, for instance, the New York Excelsior at the highest level or at a reasonable level that we expect from New York Excelsior, but the Shanghai Dragons would have been able to sort of force them into making mistakes. And if that distinction is very clear, then we have the scenario that uh, Ajax is talking about. Now, short excursion, not really necessarily the case for, uh, for or n not necessarily a story about Overwatch, but in the case, I assume he was talking about IG against KT Rolster in League of Legends, and that could have been certainly a case of our prize being incorrectly assigned, because they are obviously all the entire year playing apart from each other. We don't know their relative skill sets, how these matters uh, match up to against each other much like we don't know how contenders korea d matches up to contenders europe we we assume that contenders korea has a higher level but we don't know for sure because we don't have touching points my prior would certainly be towards uh, contenders korea teams at the top four winning against the top four in uh, in contenders eu but if that then doesn't happen consistently i obviously have to reset my prior in that regard and that is the situation that ajax should be talking about and i agree if that is talked down on and the 
the performance of the un perceived underdog is then not either praised or analyzed as such, yes, this is a loss to the community and also to the narrative. If it is legitimately the overdog underperforming and the, the underdog nece not necessarily doing anything to provoke that behavior, yeah, I'm not sure if I agree with, you know, express expressing as such or framing the notion as such. Now, maybe as a little bit of an edit on excursion into this mindset. So let's go to my tweet, because then Elk said in this here, people like making excuses. Ajax said, bothers me very much, discredits hardworking, talented players. If it actually discredits, you're, I have, like, I'm on your side. It's very likely that it's the case in IG's uh, case that our prize of a massive upset were probably misaligned. I'm not even sure. I'm not that deep into League of Legends if it was perceived as such by um, experts. Then Elk says, agreed, upsets are upsets because the perspective people had were wrong, not because their team threw. Well, I just, as I said in these three scenarios I showed you before, there are scenarios where that is true. Most of the time it isn't, right? So I come into the tweet thread and said, there certainly are situations where a team underperforms and there are scenarios in which the underdog makes them do it. To limit it to either view is being needlessly simplistic. Um, maybe a little bit aggressive there, if I'm reading it over, was my attention. Um, and he says, this is a topic that would be easier to talk about in person and specify a game. Yes, I agree. It's all about the game, right? As I outlined, and I hope that was a fair... Um, like representation of what Elk also believes. Um, I do agree sometimes teams underperform expectations, but those are your expectations. Well, once again, I'm not so sure uh, about what he's talking about. Would love to have a chance at some time to talk about this. Now, <clears throat> just as a brief end to this topic, I think that's actually a quite healthy mindset to have for uh, pro players because there's almost a benefit to have a positivistic outlook on games. If you believe what Elk tried to say, I think, so that every upset is the underdog playing better and the overdog, like, not necessarily, and then, you know, the underdog has previously been underappreciated, then if that is every game, that is an outlook that also necessarily makes it so that you as a pro player believe every game is winnable. And I think that's a positive thing to have. It isn't rational, but if you're aware of the prisoner's dilemma, dilemma where the irrational person most of the time gets the better outcome, then how irrational is that really, right? So I think their attitude is not wrong, it's just, if you're talking about expert opinion, I'm not sure if it isn't needlessly simplistic here. So, um, obviously to have, like, it is sort of like post-hoc, like, rationalizing of the relative power levels, and it tries to shoehorn a point. I'm, I'm no fan of this, right? I'm, I'm a fan of having the actual numbers sit there and then if that team hits the five or ten percent chance that is where my type of people let's say 
gets their enjoyment from. Because if that actually happens, I'm also, by the way, quite happy to have my prior reassessed, uh, reassemble or like proven wrong by the underdog overperforming and consistently overperforming and therefore not even being in an overperformance, but being the actual level. I love when people race their overall level of play means we have better teams in the world and better competition, right? So in terms of the viewer's mindset, it is also possibly valuable to overestimate these percentages simply because it's quite unlikely that you will tune in into a 5% win chance game, right, by yourself. How likely is it if you feel 5% chance of uh, Shanghai Dragons winning? Am I really going to watch that against NYXL? Hmm. Only, like... 500 cases I will derive like epic levels of enjoyment it might be worth the payoff if you're there for that miracle to happen maybe that's that's something and that is also the last point I want to make if you go from the rationalist view so from the accurate as possible view and the upset happens and you have you have correctly contextualized it then every Every outcome feels more true and you can almost, let, let me say this subjectively, enjoy it in a much more true fashion, I think. I, I don't think I can delude myself enough in, into these scenarios where I celebrate uh, an upset win that is then not replicated the level of the underdog in the next round. That is always upsetting to me when the overdog doesn't get past that's totally their fault but it's also their fault then that we're not getting a great game in the semifinals or in the finals right so i hope i made the case here um i'd love to have some comments about these things it's obviously quite subjective as i lined it out enjoyment ca cannot really objectively outlined but it was more so a case of trying to explain where i'm coming from thanks for watching